Hey everyone, welcome back to Unfrequently Asked Questions, the brotherly battle of the brains. I'm Max Hodkowski, and I regret every single thing I've ever done, ever. I'm Michael Lakowski, and I have a huge amount of baby seal meat in my fridge. I regret this intro. Tremendously. <laughs> Do you want to try again? No, Mike, that's the joke. Oh. Okay, well... <laughs> Uh, Mike, what's the theme this week? Today, our theme yeah, is today. eat your words. So we will either have a linguistic expedition to the world of the culinary, or an epicurean voyage into the wor- world of vocabulary, or maybe a bit of both. Let's find out. Do you have any things that have to do with uh, uh, regretting your words? Maybe. Each, like the the idiom actually means, right? Perhaps. But throughout this episode, we're still going to do our classic bit, which is ask each other trivia questions. Uh, When we ask each other the question, the other person tries to guess the right answer or knows the right answer, hopefully. Would you like to start us off, Max? Yeah, sure, Mike. I will start us off. My first question for you is pretty simple. Who penned the following quotes? I've got three quotes for you. I'm going to read all of them to you. I want you to tell me who the author is. Writing anything is treason of sorts. I understand there's a guy inside me who wants to lay in bed, smoke weed all day, and watch cartoons and old movies. My whole life is a series of stratagems to avoid and outwit that guy. And the third quote, I would like to see the pumpkin spice craze drown in its own blood. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, The second one. They're all, they're all by the same person. They're all by the same person. Yeah. No, who penned the following quotes? So all three What's the first one again? The one, What's the first one? The first quote is, writing anything is treason of sorts. <sighs> writing anything is treason of some sorts. This is this the author's, uh, uh, one of the author's opinions of writing. Is it Joel Stein? It is not Joel Stein. Fuck. You can use a guess uh, to hint instead. Of course, that's one of our rules. I would like to see the pumpkin spice craze drowned in its own blood. Is it? Hmm, oh, fucking hell. I don't, no, that's not a giveaway because a lot of people feel that. No, I mean, I know it's not a giveaway. I just think it's a funny quote. These aren't things I've said, and right? It's, it's very in character. No, they're not things you said. Because, Fuck. Mike, you don't want to first one, all day and smoke weed. And you're right, you're right. I don't, I don't, weed is not something that's ever appealed to me. But the first line is really good, and I kind of wish I had. I stole that. Um, I wish I had that, which is my line. See, I have I have a really weird guess, and I know it's wrong, but I want to say it. Eat your words, Mike. Is it former president? No. Is it Anthony Bourdain? It is Anthony Bourdain. Or was it Anthony Bourdain? It was Anthony Bourdain. He is dead as of this podcast. And we'll probably continue, <laughs> <laughs> probably continue to be dead. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited. I'm, really, <laughs> I'm an asshole. What's wrong with me? I'm really excited for the second coming of Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> It'll be great. Our our food and savior. That was bad. Um there was actually a quote about what he what like there was a quote by him. Uh, I was about to say Barack Obama, no, no, too. No. That was my guess until you, you said eat your words. I was like, ah. Yeah, no. Um, there's a quote by Anthony Bourdain uh, 
that talks about why he would die. Like when he dies, what he would regret and things like that. And I almost put that quote in, but I thought that might be a little. I was a regret. I would regret not outing my girlfriend no, for no, abusing short, people. No, in short, the reg- he said, I won't regret like not having like I didn't have a good enough time. I'm going to regret that I didn't uh, uh, seize the right opportunities or, or I don't even re- I don't even remember. Oh, I can try to find the quote. Oh, he had he had definitely in his last couple of years. I mean, not last couple of years, but the years that he was everyone knew him. He was on TV, do, going around, traveling, uh, eating, and meeting new people, and just kind of showing people the world and doing it in a kind of casual like, saying, "Look, this is wonderful. I want you to check it out." But also having like a a satirical look at it, so you could kind of have fun with it. it. Was I think it was comforting for a lot of people and gave people wonder and fun. I mean, I loved the man. I thought he, you know, his He just didn't love you back. I think that was the problem. <laughs> that was definitely my problem. No, I, I really liked his writing. Like, I thought he was, I really liked the way he used words. And obviously, I loved watching him eat this amazing food on his shows. So I thought, you know, eat your words. For me, this was like a big thing. I found this quote. I found the quote. When I die, I will decidedly not be regretting missed opportunities for a good time. My regrets will be more along the lines of a sad list of people hurt, people let down, assets wasted, and advantages squandered. Hmm. And I almost pulled that quote, but I decided not to. But I, I've read it on the, I've read it anyway. Yeah, he's, he's kind of in the long line of American authors and personalities. Not exactly like it, but after Mark Twain, who kind of set the mold for that of people who can have these kind of witty observations about things and the way they go about it. So he, he, he did it, of course, in his own way, but it used to be things were, you know, nothing was as sharp. And kind of after Mark Twain, things changed, and every generation, everyone had their own take on it. Not everyone, but Anthony Bourdain definitely had his way of doing it when he was really good writing, and his narration always was great because yeah. hearing, hearing him say his own words is also wonderful. Yeah, I really like the way he would... um phrase it there's also a quote of him on that he says i write the way i speak and you can tell if you ever watch the shows um like michael said absolutely yeah okay awesome that's two points for you yay i'm awesome so max where does the word word come from (laughs) this is an excellent question i wish i was as clever as you to think of it i know but you'll never be me where does the word word come from does uh i don't know how explicit i need to get I'm, I'll, I'll think this out loud a little bit I'm explicit sure how detailed of an okay that's like it's like how by how, how it's inappropriate like some an really answer. carnal description of word sex no um i'm pretty sure it's not latin origin i'm pretty sure it's not greek origin i think of anything as an english word it's probably coming from uh, Swedish, Finnish, or German origins of some kind. I'm going to start with German origins, and I think the original word probably had something to do with mouth or sounds. So I'm going to go, it has something to do with the word mouth in German. Is that a, an appropriate guess? I'm going to give you a half points. I'm going to give you one and a half points because you're, you're around it and you're right, but you're kind of half right. So one, I want to point out, you said German, Swedish, Finnish. Finnish is a very separate language from Swedish, Nor- Norwegian, Danish. It's not a Germanic language at all. No, I know it's not a Germanic. I'm saying English pulled words from Latin, from German, and also from Swedish and Finnish. 
No, it didn't pull any from Finnish at all. I thought we have several Finnish words. I mean, we do. We have Nokia now. I digress. I was explaining your reason you're getting uh, half points here. So it's Old English via Germanic. So That's Germanic right. word wort or wort, W-O-R-T, or in the, even the Dutch uh, word or W-O-O-R-D. I um, might be mispronouncing these and I'm completely allowing myself to go there. But it probably and everything goes from, because as we know, uh, Germanic languages are Indo-European languages. So we go to the Indian subcontinent, such as the word father, also vater, um, coming from Sanskrit. So the Tamil word, vartai, and that comes from another word which means mouth. That is a really, really long rabbit hole. Yep. So vartai means a singular piece of sentence, speech. So like a word. So that's what it is. So that has probably then... got crossed over, crossed over, crossed over, and became the Germanic, which then became the Old English word. So that's how we get that. But it does come from a word that means mouth. So you're, I'm going to give you half points because you were very close. I mean, you were accurate when you said Germanic because it comes from the Germanic. Yeah, okay, good. Awesome. Nice. I'm From your description, it sounds like I should be getting three points, I'll be honest, but okay. I'll leave that up to the judges. They'll discuss it. The and judges, Mike, you are the judge. I know, and they'll discuss it amongst themselves. Okay, Michael, my second question. Um, this is a little bit of a doozy. What are the names of the primals of cow? So when a butcher... Prime gets, cuts, the primal cuts. Exactly, the primal cuts of a cow. Primal Prime rib? Beef. The primal rib. Prime rib. A rib is a primal. Rib yes. cut, yeah. Um, the loin. The loin is one. Specifically, it's normally called the long loin. Yeah. Long loin, loin. Um, because well, there's tenderloin and sirloin. So we have the loin, the rib, and there's four of them. There is actually a total of eight or seven, considering, like, who you talk to, like, butcher style. Sometimes they, they change the number of primals. Um. If you get, like, five, I'll be pretty happy. Okay, um. So you said rib. Rib and loin. And you said loin. Shank. The shank is, yes, the four shank, specifically. Okay. It's normally called. It's three. Shoulder. What was your, you just said shank, right? I said shank, yeah. Yeah, the shoulder is not its own primal. It's a subprimal of a different one that you haven't named yet. So the ribs. At least I'm pretty sure. I don't have the list of subprimals in front of me. Ribs, loin, shank, ribs, loin, shank, and the, the booty. The, boot, um, the booty. The booty. Um, what would we call the booty? Um, the booty. Um, I oh now I now because I'm thinking of other cuts of beef, but they're not prime cuts. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just picturing like a butcher looking at like a you know a freshly like chopped and skinned and like ready cow, and he's just looking at me like, and you see this? This is the booty part. This is the just... this is the squishy part. This is the less squishy part, and this over here is the bony part. We don't eat the bony part, but. We still like to identify it. <laughs> this is this is the bony part. Not good. <laughs> not good. These not are the horns. Good. These are the horns. Really? Oh my god, it's still alive. <laughs> He's a shit butcher. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, um, I have got loin, shank, and rib. You got uh loin, shank, and rib, yes. Okay, um so you want to say tri tip, because I really love that cut of beef. 
That's a very small cut, though. I know. Oh, my God. That's not a primal. It's so delicious if you cook it right. Um, Do you know where it comes from? The tri-tip? I, um, I don't know. You're doing well, though. I I know. I I feel. But the thing is, I'm also admitting my ignorance here. I don't know. Look, I'm going to give you literally 30 more seconds. Just think for 30 more seconds and think of primals of cut for the cow. The neck. Is the neck a cut? The neck is the most delicious part of the cow. No, it's not cut. Your dick. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Because I'm just trying to cut it up into pieces in my head. I know. Like a psychopath. It's hard. It's like, fucking, this is what Ted Bundy must have been like. (laughs) Um. Oh, man. I was just talking about Ted Bundy the other day with a friend. Names of primal cuts. You you said rib. You said shank. Also sometimes called the foreshank. Uh, And you said uh, loin. Loin. So what we have in the front half is the rib and the foreshank. We also have the square chuck and the brisket, which is sometimes combined with the shank. Mm. Now on the hind side, we have flank, where we get flank steaks from. Yep. We have the loin, which it comes in both uh, the sirloin and short loin, even though the short loin is longer than the long loin, yep. which is weird. We have uh, the section that is called the hip or the round, which is the booty part. It's the round and the chuck and the flank. I forgot those as well. And uh, lastly, the sirloin tip or sirloin. Sirloin ge- tip, yeah. Sirloin in general, really. Well, yeah. But yeah, and that's where you get sirloin tips because uh, you, get, you try tip and then there's also uh, yeah. a sirloin cap, which is very big in uh, Brazil, the picana steak. Right. So. And there are other bits and pieces for those of you who don't know butchery or didn't realize that you can eat a cow tongue. Um, there are other cuts Yes. So, Mike, okay. you got three of those out of the possible eight, just about half. I'm going to give you one point for that. Cool. So I'll give you one point for that. That was my second question. Congratulations. You're now sitting at a pretty three points. And I'm sitting at an ugly, disgusting 1.5. It's festering. It's yeah. mold on it. Okay, Max. So, as we know, potatoes... Are big. I didn't know this, actually. In Ireland. Oh. I also didn't know that. But when were potatoes first introduced to Ireland? Well, I know they are part of the New World. Potatoes. A potatoes. So it had to be after, you know, 1500. Uh, I, should I just give like a decade? Is that <clears throat> accurate enough? I'll, yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you about 10 years. Okay. 10 years before or after this date. Oh, okay. So So you have a 10-year span. Nice. Okay. Um I'll say we'll say around like 1680s. I think 1680s is an appropriate guess. No. I mean it is it's an it's appropriate guess it's just incorrect. <laughs> what would be an inappropriate guess? 3062. It has yet to arrive. An appropriate guess would be like, oh, I'm going to fuck that person. <laughs> I don't like that it has nothing to do with this question. How dare you focus? I'm, I'm going to fuck this question. I thought you were going to get very explicit. I found um, this question incredibly lustfully attractive. <laughs> Lust? Oh my god! Focus, child. Um, okay. Um, uh, seventeen ten. <clears throat> I think this is too recent. This is too near the present. But I'll say seventeen ten. It is incorrect, and you are correct in that is too recent. Excellent. So that gives me a little hint towards my last guess, and I'll say sixteen um, thirty. I still think that's a little too recent, maybe, actually, now that I think about it. But I'll say 1630. Incorrect. 
Am I totally wrong here? It was introduced to Ireland in 1589. Wow. By Sir Walter Raleigh. He had about 40,000 acres near Cork, and it caught on, and within within about 40 years, potatoes were huge all throughout Europe and became very popular, a lot easier to grow, so they replaced all the other things, and it completely changed European cuisine. Two questions that you might not know the answer to. First of all... 1580, 1589, you said? Yes, 1589. 40,000 acres sounds like a lot of acres. Yes. Secondly, did Ireland ever have slavery like that? Because I feel like 40,000 acres for one man back then would have been really hard to manage. I mean, I guess they had servants of some kind. You had you'd servants and servitude. And remember right? at this point, Ireland had been conquered. Sir Walter Raleigh was English. Ireland had been conquered by the English and was essentially under their control. So... They controlled like it. Fe- yes, maybe. they controlled the English, and that's where you get the Scotch Irish. They were colonists for the most part, um, and the Protestants is there, the Catholics there. So they controlled a lot of that. And he introduced it into forty thousand acres, like he owned it, but it wasn't in the slavery sense. It was still in the feudalistic sense of the people worked the land. They owed him that, um, you know, mannerism, you know, and people, and and it became really landowners, like the gentry in in, in England. And most of Europe, they became, instead of saying, oh, you owe me this much, they literally owned the rent from the farmers. It became more like the modern landlord. Um, But yeah, so potatoes were, of course, from Peru, originally the Inca. And after, you know, the conquest of the Inca Empire, potatoes kind of caught on, all the different cultivars of it spread. And of course, like other things, peppers, tomatoes, everything like that, I mean... The Colombian exchange really changed, I mean, not just European cuisine, but South Asian and Asian cuisine, because then you get peanuts and peppers going over there because of all the trade. African cuisine got brought in from both enslaved peoples as well as the people who weren't enslaved. So you get peanuts and yams and things like that. And this, of course, gives us the American cuisine. But about, you know, leading on to this, potatoes became so big in Europe and in Ireland. Of course, by the 1840s, there were uh, potato blight. And this was it really the 1840s? The potato blight. Oh, I thought it was way. I thought it was longer, (laughs) longer ago than that. Well, so the big thing is, so that's when it happened, and then when it reached, that was the biggest potato. Well, it was the potato blight, right? Yeah. Well, the potato blight went through all Europe, and when it hit Ireland, it hit really hard. About a million people died. Um, and also that wasn't just how it became so primarily focused on the potatoes, but also because they were in a way an English colony. So the way everything was distributed, you know, the distribution of wealth was kind of unfair. And about a million Irish people went to America. And that's when you had the whole flood of Irish immigrants who were looked down upon as foreign immigrants who, because the majority of Americans were Protestant, looked down upon them. They believed that the Irish were not loyal to America. They believed they would be loyal to the Pope. Just as people believe, you know, a Muslim immigrant currently, there's the misconception that a Muslim immigrant isn't loyal, is loyal to Sharia or whatever, not America, uh, to America. And they had the same problems with, or the problem, the problem was the same fear, the same irrational fear. Um, They go the Fenian bastards and it was, it was irrational, but yeah, and that's the potato. I, I actually think it's a good thing. I didn't think more than. The New World, if I thought more, I probably would have remembered that it came from as far south as the Incan region. And that water probably made my guess, to me, made my guesses feel better because it's like a farther distance crawling up into the Caribbeans or whatever it would have actually been shipped off from. So 
it's a good thing I didn't overthink that, even though I still got zero points. <clears throat> yes, you didn't want to get negative points. Yeah, I don't want to get negative That would have been points. terrible. That would be really bad for uh, my image and my next question as well. Mike, I'm going to be honest. I kind of cheated our system a little bit. Um, we like to do who's and what's and where's and when's. Um, riddles are not normally the kind of questions we ask here. I hate you. But I thought I should go with a question that isn't very frequently asked on this podcast. So I have a riddle. I am a word of five letters and people eat me. If you remove the first letter, I become a form of energy. Remove the first two letters and I, and I'm needed to live. Scramble the last three and you can drink me. What am I? Jesus Christ, thank God I brought pen and paper. Okay, five letters. I'm a word of five letters and people eat me. If you remove the first letter, I become a form of energy. If you remove the first two, and I'm needed to leave. Excuse me, I completely just can't read my own. <laughs> remove the first two, and I'm needed to live. Scramble the last three, and you can drink me. What am I? Michael, what, am, what have I become? What, Michael, what am I? What have I become? Scramble the last three. Scramble the last three, and you can drink me. Obviously, the theme of today is already very obviously in the riddle. Yes. So that's not um, going to help you anymore. You you need the riddle itself. You need to solve this riddle. Oh, so, see, now I'm, I'm stuck on scramble right now, and I'm thinking something. <sighs> hey, I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't get this when I got the riddle. That being said, I also didn't really try to find the answer myself because I could just look it up and I knew you were the one that really needed to struggle with it. This is not a riddle I made up. By the way, for those at home, some of you might have actually heard this riddle before. The author of this riddle was originally, supposedly, William Shakespeare. It turned out to actually be Francis Bacon. Ah, some more of the food theme. So, um, the first <laughs> letter, if you remove the first letter, it's energy, right? If you remove the first letter... I became a, I become a form of energy. Yes. So that does make nuclear. Or <laughs> geothermal. Wait. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm yes. just getting those out of the way. It's, yep. Benu I love eating binucular. It's delicious. So you want to say wind, but it's not. It and makes I love sense. R as a drink. Wind. I guess one issue about asking this oh. question is you're going to know. Oh. If you're right. So the last three word letters are T, A, and E. Because if you scramble it, it makes T. Oh. Before that, it's wheat. It's wheat. Well done. It is wheat. Because then you would have heat. Oh, ha And then you must eat. Yep. To and survive. lastly, you can mix it up. To make tea. To make tea. See, you said scramble. I was thinking, Scrambled is the eggs. last three letters going to be X? Yeah, I know. Because like, you could drink scramble i mean that's how they make eggnog i i've just wincing thinking of that um i just like my eggs fried me too um but that is also what i thought when i first yeah. read this i was like egg but then what about the yeah. first and just just kind of over medium not over hard i mean over hard is good i'd rather over oh, hard than God, no i'd rather have over hard than over easy but i want it just thing that everything that the yolk in the middle is soft and, and gooey but not just you bite into it and then suddenly you have Yoke everywhere all over yourself while you're driving. 
That's usually when I'm eating a breakfast sandwich. Oh, okay, a breakfast sandwich. That's fair. I, th- I, I don't have a plate you... with me in the mini. No, I pictured you no plate, just like an egg in your hand, like flattened and mostly just cooked. And throwing like... it from hand to hand. It's so hot. It's so hot. You just slew <laughs> What did you just? You have a grill in the. You have a grill in there too. Did it literally just come off the stove? Why is it in the car? Too hot to hold. But somehow you got it. I from have the kitchen. seat heaters. <laughs> so hot that they can cook an egg. Dude, they get really fucking hot. <laughs> oh my god. You no. know that day that it was like below zero. That was the only day that I've ever had up to three. How many settings do you have on yours? Three. Oh. One is hot enough. Three was three was there as both because I was numb and I need to feel my body again. I have five. I have never used over three. Mine goes up to eleven. Mine goes up to eleven. No, um I like my since we're sharing this with our with our with you know everybody. Um <laughs> you can my edit eggs this out. are over easy. Uh preferably, you know, a little bit of fried, obviously. Over easy. Uh, maybe over medium. I also I like to get, get it over easy because I normally get it with other stuff. I don't just get a bunch of eggs, and so I like the ooze to ooze onto the the eggs. It's called the ooze in Connecticut, by the way. We call the center of the egg the ooze. <laughs> I'm wheezing. I'm wheezing over here. Well, um, you know, it makes in a way that's a horrible statement. That's not true, but also oology is the study of eggs. <clears throat> Yeah, because the center's called the ooze, Michael. Any rate, before before I want to rant about uh, Nero Wolf's scrambled eggs, apparently that are really good. Uh, we'll move on. Oh, if you want to, all right. Go. Well, I just didn't want this to become a, an egg podcast or a cooking podcast. So, well, this this today kind of is a little bit of a cooking podcast, and I think that's okay. Well, then let's add a bit of history in there. Okay. Uh, how did the Caesar salad? get its name I mean, we know the salad part because it's a salad that's established <laughs> you can't say that well what's the what's the uh origin of the word salad michael can i throw this back at you no no um the caesar salad uh probably because it was had nothing to do with caesar the rome roman uh caesar hey see that that's kind of a play on words okay i'm sorry that was pretty bad um I am going to say that it has to come from uh, the Caesar Casino in New New. I almost said New Vegas again. That would have been the second time in the history of this podcast that I would have said New Vegas instead of Las Vegas. Las Vegas, the casino in Las Vegas, the Caesar, the Caesar, the Kaiser. I know I was saying it wrong on purpose. That's my guess, Mike. No. It's a salad from the it's casino. Not loose, it's not, not loose Vegas. It's, <laughs> it's, come, join, come join me and my brother as we regularly don't say Las Vegas. And we say other things other than Las Vegas. <laughs> well, well, you know, I had a good time and it was kind of loose Vegas. Um, These are going to be talked about and texted at us when people listen to this. Um, no, it's not in Las Vegas or in New Vegas after the nuclear war. <laughs> or in Loose Vegas. No Vegas at all. They had loose rules and they were just throwing random things in their salad. And eventually, the Caesar salad was the origin of the of the word, the naming of it. How did the Caesar salad get its name? Oh, man. A man ate it 
the when when the first when it first came in, you know, the first chef that made the first Caesar salad or one of the first few, you know, it had its own name, it's the chef special, whatever. This guy came in, ate it, and was like, "This is fit for Caesar. This salad is so goddamn good." <laughs> the ro- first real Roman Empire deserved this salad. Caesar was never an emperor, I or an, or an empire. It was a person, not a <laughs> got a state. Empire, huh? Also. That's incorrect. But I enjoy the the journey you gave me there. That little uh, bit of bullshit. Yes. Yeah, the bullshit from Max's mind. The name of the Caesar salad. Well, let me think. What goes into Caesar dressing? I've made it before from scratch before. 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 It With anchovies? An, no, I kind of forgot. For, I had forgone the anchovies. Though I do know a Caesar salad traditionally does have pureed anchovies into it. Some Worcester sauce, also known as Worcester sauce. Worcestershire Worcester, Worcester Worcester sauce. There you go. Worcestershire. Worcester, Worcester sauce. New um, Worcester. Um, loose Worcester. Um, oh, man. I'm, I'm not getting anywhere with this. This isn't helping me at all. <laughs> It was the last thing Caesar ate. <laughs> After they stabbed him, he took out a little Tupperware container and said, well, at least I could eat my lunch before I die. I just picture that he's so sad, but he's got like a lunch and a thing. He's he probably, bleeding out of it's, it comes out Tupperware. Now it comes out Tupperware, he brought it in a brown paper bag. <laughs> it's like and he's leaking. just like, because he was that kind of guy. He's like, it's oh no. leaking oils <laughs> out of the paper bag. Oh, um, well, no, eat the Tupperware. It doesn't leak through the Tupperware. No, well, you said brown paper bag. Well, the Tupperware is in a brown paper oh, bag. Oh, well, I just picture this loose salad <laughs> dressing <laughs> in a paper bag. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Um, So that is sadly not correct, but the answer is from its creator, Caesar Cardini, who made the Caesar salad in 1924, originally, so obvious. in Tijuana. Thus, if you ever have a Caesar salad at a Mexican restaurant, it is authentic Mexican food. I well, That's my favorite kind of salad. Even though I love blue cheese, that is obviously my favorite kind of salad. No, Caesar salads are great. Because normally it's just that dressing, or the, that. It's the it's the lettuce, the dressing, and maybe some croutons and cheese. And they don't put, you know, half of a hard-boiled egg in there. And they're not putting, you know, avocado, kale toast in there oh yeah you can have chicken with it you can have shrimp or you can just have it with the veggies yeah well i just like it because it's like often so simple it's just lettuce and the dressing and honestly that's all you need and i love croutons so but i also eat croutons as a fucking snack because i'm weird a madman i know they just if someone gave me a bowl of croutons if i was if i was out some beer bar some craft brewery and they said hi oh here's a beer you want to watch the game here's a you want to eat something here's a jar of croutons i would die i'd be like this is amazing this is where i will die michael if i am ever betrayed by an entire legislative branch if i'm ever betrayed by an entire legislative branch and my best friend and they stab me multiple times. Please make sure I get some of that sweet lettuce in my mouth with that sweet, sweet dressing that I'm that you know I love. When I'm done stabbing you, <laughs> yeah, well, you're I not will. My best friend. No, I'm just. I, I. I. You think I'm not gonna get in line for that stabbing? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. How many stabbings did he have? 
I thought you were ask me, how many stabbings have you done? And I was like, mm, I can't tell you. Um, he well, I mean, was, it was one session of stabbing. It was one session. It was like a session goes up. Oh, oh, you're done stabbing me. Wait, <laughs> like next group come in. Next stabbing session come in. Well, when I said stabbings, it made it sound like Caesar has had multiple times where people. He have was stabbed, stabbed multiple times. I don't know how many times he was stabbed. Uh, I know I, it was. I, I know the day. Something. It was March fifteenth. The, the Ides of March are March. two different days, though. The Ides he, are either the fifteenth or the seventeenth of the he month. He was killed on the fifteenth. Yeah, I know. That was because it it is mentioned that it was the first of the Ides. Okay. Anyway, so that's I got another zero another zero on that one. Sorry. That's all right. Well, you're still kicking my ass, but maybe this question will change that. Though I'm sure it won't. How did the pound cake get its name? Because the pound of ingredients you use. Can you be more detailed? You're on the right track, obviously. It's the pound of flour. You just said it's the pound of ingredients. That's all you said. Yeah. I want a little bit more detail. Okay, the ingredients collectively add up to a pound, or it's the the, the flour you use is about a pound of flour. That is incorrect. But again, you're very much on the right track. I got this question from our eldest brother, by the way. Yes, that's right. There's a third brother. They know of him, yeah. They okay. Well, no, it's um, the is it a pound the of is it a, talking? Is it a pound of eggs? That's not no. No one would say use a pound of eggs. That's dumb. What am I doing? <laughs> they would say use four eggs, three eggs, two eggs. Use well, a pound of eggs. No, that's not true. Use a metric ton of eggs. In 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 a lot of baking, there's a lot of weight measurement. I don't think that would be an improper thing to do. It just would be stupid. Um. Well, a lot of times when you're baking, you're supposed to use, like, instead of teaspoons and stuff, what you're really supposed to be doing is grams and, like, grams of sugar or Use whatever. a pinch of salt or a section of cheese. <laughs> section? Just Are you there section. for that? So, side no. note. I'm going to do a side story. We, I have these old life magazines I got from my mother and also from my grandfather. And um, they're from World War II. Actually, through actually certain times during the war. It's really amazing. <clears throat> and there was an ad by the Bread Council. And it was, wait, it was a two- wait, stop, stop the sidebar to do another sidebar. There's a council of bread. Yeah. So it was basically a baker's council to get people to buy bread. So there's oh, a two page spread of two page cool, spread aimed at women saying, how are you going to lose weight to get in that figure so you can fit in that dress? By eating a lot of carbs. Oh my. So carbs. highly, highly sexist. The wording of this. Of and we're going through like, here's your recipe, which you can eat for the day or the whatever. And it's two going slices on. slices of white bread. And it said, it says, you know, slices of this and slices of this, but it said a section of cheese. What the fuck is a section of cheese? And it said this several times. It would, of course, say, like, three slices of bread in bold letters because bread council or baker's council, whatever it was. Pound cake, pound cake, pound cake. Okay, as far as I can tell by a quick Google search, a section of cheese is not a defined unit. Yeah, I know. Of course it's not. I just wasn't sure maybe it was. So... Well, they didn't have pre-sliced cheese, you know, right? It's like someone says, oh, it's a section of cheese. I'm just going to use this entire wheel of Gouda. <laughs> that's a section of cheese right there. It's Actually, a cheat really. day. That's, that's the whole. That's not a section. That's the whole. But, but you know, like there wasn't way back then, there wasn't pre-sliced cheese. And cheeses came in wheels of different sizes and wedges of different sizes. You bought it by the pound and then you would chop it up as you wanted. So there never was like a regulated 
size of cheese. Yep. So that makes sense. FTR put a stop to that. <laughs> um, said, everything's got to be slices now. I got to break government regulations with my cheese. <laughs> um, right. So, pound cake, is it collectively the ingredients weigh a pound? Incorrect. What is it? I That's don't... what I thought. It's called a pound for each of the four ingredients. Because you have a pound of flour and a pound of butter and a pound of eggs and a pound of sugar. And you mix all those together and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You just, oh my fuck. <laughs> so it's not that they equal a pound. Yeah, that's Each what one I of them is a pound. That's what I thought. And I also thought even then, well, maybe it's just a pound of flour and then you mix in some sugar and stuff. So I literally just, oh. I will give you a point, though. You oh. were, like, super close. Okay. When you first said, like, it's the ingredients. I feel pound. dirty with this point. Okay, I will remove it then. I no, no, you can nope. give it to me. I'm not going to. No, I'll get rid of I it. Can't, I nope, can't take that late. away from you. I have I have taken it away from you, though. Oh, fuck. It's too late. You're right. Okay, Max. I am I am the holder of the power in this question zone, and now I have rec- I have renounced that power onto you. So before we get to our final two questions, I'd like to thank our sponsors. General Foods, a breakfast of champions, is the tops. Wait, no, General Foods is still like a company. No, you know, you're thinking of General Mills. Oh, um, I might be. General I know Foods. you are. And oh, next. you're right. Merge with craft. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank you, General Foods, for this excellent sponsorship. And I'd also like to thank Burger Queen. What? Burger Queen. No slogan given. <laughs> well, then we have to talk about why they're so great, Mike. Well, because they're delicious. And there's that wonderful bee they use as their mascot called Queenie Bee. That's true. That's that's the truth right there. Oh, uh, Mike, they're not called Burger Queen anymore. They're called Druthers, but I want to say Burger Queen because Druthers would try to cease and desist all four of their stores. Would try to get us to stop. Mike, this is amazing. So the place that used to be known as Burger Queen in 1981 had 171 locations. In 1990 had 145 locations. Guess how many locations they had in 2017? Six. One. <gasps> oh my god, that's so sad. It's literally these three these three miles. I think these three people no. <laughs> continuing to flip burgers, <laughs> keeping it going. They don't even sell them. They just throw them out on the streets. Um <laughs> No, it is that is like super sad. Well, we should go to it sometime. We'll do a podcast from there. Well it's in um they they say the headquarters is in the headquarters. Louisville? You don't deserve a headquarters if you have only that, one restaurant. That's, my point. that's the headquarters. That's the my restaurant. Point. I think I think the headquarters is also the last remaining restaurant. I don't think there's like a secondary Does the manager introduce himself or herself <laughs> as the CEO? <laughs> can I see the manager? You can see the CEO if you want. <laughs> okay. By the way, you're already speaking to him. I am the CEO. All right. And I'm so sorry, but we're out of the special sauce. You need to order something other than the number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> great so it's my my last my second to last question now right oh i guess dairy queen bought a bunch of their stores i'm sorry i'm very interested in burger queen which again like you said was a bumblebee as their mascot but i guess it's a plan words anyway 
I'm rambling on about this very odd restaurant. Stop, stop, so we can <laughs> cut. So At least curious. it's shorter. Mike, okay. you always tell me to stay curious, and I'm doing that. I'm curious, baby. All right, so. Self-serve salad bar at a fast food restaurant? Who would have thought? That's great. Max, who first used the term bread and circuses? I didn't know that was a term. Can you please explain what the term is? Oh, wait. No, 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 no. Hold on. I already know this, I think. Bread and circuses had to do with a uh, uh, Roman amphitheater and Roman, Roman, uh, 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 like gladiatorial, glad, gladiatorial, gladiatorial, gladiatorial. Thank you. I was about to correct myself. But thanks for beating me to it. No, uh, oh, you weren't. I was. I, re- I realized my error as I was saying it. The people listening to this right now are like, Max was, Max realized he said that wrong. And then Michael corrected him before he had the chance. Justice for Max. That's the new pin in our stores at Facebook. Answer the question. Okay. What was the question again? Who first used the term bread and circuses? Oh, who? Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I can't think of an individual person. I'll say Augustus, but I'm pretty sure this is not true. I think it was a Roman empire, emperor. Emperor. I think it was a Roman emperor of some kind, but yes. I'll say Augustus first. No, you are wrong, child. Is it Cicero or Cicero? Maybe he was writing it down, talking about the bread and circus. No, I'm pretty sure bread and circus and all that stuff came in the AD era, but I might be wrong. It's not Cicero. Because I'm thinking of Circus Maximus, and of course, it was a common thing for emperors to give bread to the common folk to, to try to like win favor with them. And so you'd have this bread and entertainment the movie Gladiator takes place A.D. Yes, that's true. You won't get a point for knowing that, but I'm I know. Just... I'm just trying trying to focus in on a on a time here, and trying to think of a of a specific person who would say this. Marcus Aurelius. I know he's not a real guy. No, he was one. Marcus Aurelius was a real person. Was I thought they fictionalized the emperor, or no? They fictionalized the son. Marcus Aurelius and Commodus were real people. Oh. They're, it's a story fictionalizes them a bit. Well, but they obviously. were real people and they were inspired by the original emperors that they filled in. Commodus was kind of like that and would go into the arena. Marcus Aurelius was a philosopher who spent a lot of time conquering. Now, the answer is Juvenal. He was a Roman satirical poet. And around 140 AD, that he first used the term bread and circuses. And he's referring to, like you said... 140 AD? Yes, 140 AD. And he's referring how Romans were all distracted. People would be distracted by bread handouts, grain handouts. Grain handouts had been going on since uh, about 100 BC. And they were so obsessed with that and the games, whether gladiatorial or circuses and, and parades and, and, and spectacle, as opposed to actually caring about how to govern. And civic engagement. They would be distracted by um, spectacle. And in a way you can say all those bread and circuses, it's we're giving them handouts and, you know, big parades. And therefore they're they're not realizing how much we're not doing anything. So it's you can say that about people both, whether they're Stalinists or fascists or anyone in between. Um, people, have, anyone can be kind of criticized of that. It's a good way to critique it. So people use it in a political discourse now. Yeah, but 
how was I going to guess juvenile, the name? You weren't. Uh, yeah, all I'm, right. Thanks, Mike. It was hey, a hard question. Hey, Michael. Hey, Mike. Thanks for this one. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Your last question, Mike. Where can you find a bolus? Could you spell it, please? I can spell it. Could you spell it for me right now? <laughs> Where can you find a bolus? A B-O-L-U-S. Hey Google, where can I find a bolus? Um, <laughs> it's on. It's it's. Up? I don't. Um, I'm trying. Is it at the bottom of a bowl? Ooh, it is not. You're being really petty now. I am. I'm normally not salty about really hard questions, but for some reason I'm salty about that one because I was like so proud that I knew this is clearly Rome. This is clearly Rome. Um, Circus Maximus. No, um, a, a bolus, a bolus, where is it? Is it? There's no W in it. Is it in, yeah, I said a bolus. Um, is it in, is it in your stomach? No. Oh, so I thought it was going to go with the theme here. I mean, it's fine to give up. I've already pinned you down for zero points. I'm not even kidding. I've already pinned you down for zero points on this question. Because <laughs> when you said, when you asked Google... Google did not actually respond, guys. I didn't edit that out. Michael started the... My phone is on phone. airplane mode anyway. Oh, is it? Um, okay. Yeah. What a professional. Yeah. You're welcome. I do my best. I don't know why I'm being smug about this. <laughs> um, a bolus is... It's oh that thing God. they use in a restaurant. Where is it? It's that... It's at the... It's at the it's waiter the station the where, where they... Where they... Take me on this journey, Michael. Where are we going? It's, a bolus is, is in the restaurant because it's the, the pepper grinder. It's a fancy name for a pepper grinder. It's the fancy name for a pepper grinder. Also wrong, obviously, but I like the idea of naming <laughs> pepper grinders bolus. Would you like me to use the bolus on your <laughs> bolognese? A bolus naze. Would you like to no, would you like to me would you like me to use this bolus on this Mexican salad? Sir, this is a Caesar salad and that's pepper. The, I'm well aware. See, sir. See? The, Please, Actually, I don't know why I'm saying C with a Spanish thing. Fee. Oh my god! Um, so I'm I'm out of answers. Oh, you are, and you're going to be really mad about this one. Under it's North- a salt grinder, isn't it? Under North- <laughs> uh, only for sea salt, uh, uh, proper sea salt. No, under normal circumstances, the bolus is swallowed and travels down the esophagus in the stomach to the stomach for digestion. Once it reaches the stomach. It becomes chyme as it mixes with gastric juices. So it is something that is found in your mouth or in your esophagus because it's chewed up food that's mixed with saliva. Wow. It's called the bolus. It also has a medical name, which is basically the same thing. It it basically is just like some material that you're hiding medicine in. Like when you try to trick your dog into eating the peanut butter that has like the The medicine medicine in it or something like that. Arguably, huh. you can call that a bolus. You're huh. trying to hide medication in it. But what I really wanted was the the food thing. It's, once you start chewing, guess what? You got bolus. Well, you in said your mouth. where can I find it? Yeah, in your mouth. I said oh, I said stomach or, or esophagus. Ah, see, but as I said, as I made it very explicit, I will reread it. Once the bolus reaches the stomach, it becomes chyme as it mixes uh, with gastric right. juices. Okay, damn. Hmm. So once it hits the stomach, it's no longer bolus, Michael. Okay, that was a good one. Thanks. I appreciate that compliment. 
All right, Max, the final question of, well, could be the final question ever. We don't, I, we don't know what tomorrow brings. But. I really hope not. That's terrifying, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> don't I appreciate that. I already live in existential dread about my very existence, let alone the fact that I will one day port this part. Port. Port. <laughs> yes, this port. mortal coral. I'll just say all the words super wrong. I'm going to uh. port into a mortal coil with an R in it. Yes, I put the R in on purpose. It's shuffle off this mortal coil. Um. any rate. Max, shuffle. It's just Mike, okay. I'm this is gonna run. Be the it's the final question. I'm gonna be sprinting. Fin- it's the final question. Just don't, don't, don't <laughs> go to bed too early tonight. Um, <laughs> do to bed too early. What? Michael sleeping does not equate to shuffling off into mortal coil. What? Oh my god! You don't. Sh- uh, you don't. You, there's so many wrong with that sentence. Um, oh my god, Max. Oh, what's what's what a rice say? burner? Oh, what's a rice burner? What's a rice burner? I'm thinking of all the ways you could ruin rice and fuck it up. And fuck up the process that is cooking rice. And there are many. <laughs> fuck up the what that is cooking rice? The process. Oh, I thought you said propus. The propus? Oh, is it the porpoise that is cooking rice? Oh my god. How many words have I said wrong this episode? And you too. We're gonna find out. <laughs> words a lot. When we edit. Um, I'm gonna keep all of the juicy bits in there. What was I thinking? Oh, rice burner. <laughs> What's? I was like, I remember the question. What was I thinking about? Um, probably the question, Max. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, we should reshoot this entire episode. <laughs> reshoot it? Oh, I didn't see the camera. I haven't looked at him at all. Hey, John, thanks for recording this. He's an unpaid intern. Um, what is a rice burner? It, I don't. I don't think this is it. But this is this is what I'm thinking. Is it like a, a another name for like a, a dry, dirty, not cleaned like pan or or a pot of some kind that's dirty and obviously dry? No. Yeah, it's I not. Could, okay. Rice burner is a very difficult question. That you're gonna think about and ponder, and you're gonna forget about your rice, and your rice will burn. No, but I do like that answer. It's incorrect, but I like it. Well, then let's make that the answer. If you no. like it, let's no. replace the English phrase. I'm assuming it's an English phrase. What's well, a rice burner? And let's make rice burner that. And then I'll be right. And I can get points. Mike, I'm desperate. Okay. My children are hungry. They're starving for points. Well, there's all that seal meat in the fridge you could give them. Right. Okay. That's fair. I've been trying to get rid of that for years. Now. I'm not done. I have another guess. I was about to ask now what's your final guess. <laughs> okay. That you're about to but tell you me. rudely interrupted and you didn't let me finish. They're gonna go, Mike didn't Mike wasn't able to finish. Thought you were about to tell me the answer, and I'm not ready for that. The answer is going to be given to you right after you give your next guess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh no. Know. It makes you want to laugh. Oh a rice burner. Mike, a rice burner is a stove. No, Max, no. <laughs> a rice burner is a slang term for a Japanese motorcycle or car. It was originally used as a slang term, a derogative term, off of racial stereotypes, of course, for Japanese vehicles in the starting in the 60s. Well, Mike, I'm not a racist, so of course I wouldn't know that. Yes, I mean, that's that's a good reason not to know that, yes. 
Is that it? Is there no more history to this question? Oh, that's really what I got got out of it. You know, just I just I was looking up terms and phrases that food was involved in. And I saw rice rice burner, and I was like, "What's this?" And then I saw it. I go, "Oh, this makes sense." Um. So yeah, it was just used as a as a term. Oh, you got a rice burner over there, but in a way, it was just a statement about Japanese vehicles. But right now, I mean, Japanese motorcycles are hugely popular i mean japanese vehicles in general well yeah but right now for instance younger people people in our generation are buying motorcycles at a very high rate but harley's not doing well because one harley is overpriced and not necessary they're disgusting things yeah and you have these japanese bikes that are older so they're buying these older bikes or whatever and they cost maybe about a not that much maybe a couple days of maybe a week's worth of work so they can save up easy get one that helps them drive to and from work get their groceries really easy and then harley davidson goes we don't know why no one's buying bikes anymore it's like well because they're just not buying your bikes and in fact even people from the hell's angels had said we should have made the switch to japanese bikes in the seven in the late 70s early 80s when we had the chance well they don't have the chance anymore well because now they're their brand as the outlaw biker gangs is just gotcha. tied to the Harley. Yeah. Um, I just want to roll it back a little bit. Mike and I clearly showed some disdain or disgust even with Harley Davidson's. I want to make this clear. Mike and I are very accepting people. We're accepting people in this podcast. We want this to build into a cool community where you want to ask us questions or send us themes at ufaqpodcast at gmail.com. But we draw the line at Harleys, all right? Mike and I don't want any of you Harley listeners. I mean, I don't care. As an audience. I don't I care don't if you're a Harley, list, or Harley driver or Harley rider. It's I just, never going to bother just me. Just please, please wear a goddamn helmet yeah, when you're riding on a motorcycle. I don't seriously. give a shit if your club wants it. Like, it's not worth your head being splattered all worst, over the pavement. Worst thing about Connecticut when it comes to laws, in my opinion, is that helmets are not required. That's outrageous. Well, I mean, the, I mean, if you don't want, if you shouldn't go to jail for not wearing a helmet, but no, the the negative the negative aspect of not wearing a helmet is you could die. So, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where like you can get a fine for not wearing your seatbelt. Yes. Right. If if that's fines for getting a, you know, first of all, I agree with you in the idea of there, it shouldn't need to be illegal. It shouldn't need to be punished for not wearing a seatbelt. Yes. You should just wear a seatbelt. The fine should be as if you're an adult and there's a child in the car and they're not buckled. Then you should get a fine because that's you're yeah. supposed to be responsible for that of young course. child. But the same thing, in my opinion, if there's a fine for not wearing a seatbelt, then there should be a fine for not wearing a helmet. That's just my take on it. But obviously, you just wear a helmet. That's the important part. I don't care why you do it. Just do it. So with that missive from us about helmets... Well, let me rack up the score here. Yeah, what have we got? Okay, Mike. You technically got the riddle one in three, so you have a total of six points. Wow. Yeah, very high. Um, But that's kind of the nature of the riddle. You either know that you have it or you don't have it, right? So you just waited until you got it, which is fine. I believe I have only 1.5 points. I think I only got one thing even remotely right. Yes. Even though multiple of my questions were close. Potatoes of Ireland, not very close. I'll be honest. I wasn't close to that. Name of the Caesar salad, definitely also not close to that one in any way, shape, or form. But the Rome one, pretty upset about it. How about you get a point for the Rome one? I'll give you one point for the Rome one. 
Oh, wow. Thanks. Now I'm up to two and a half points to your six, your god level six. I'll give you three points for the Rome one. No, no, it's too late. I've already lost. Doesn't matter. Also, I'm just realizing out of the potential 15 points we could get each time, we've never come even close to that. I think it just holds on how clever and we do our research in the questions that we try to outsmart each other. Yeah. Okay, Max. I'm the winner. I want you to give me a wickety-wickety-quack. I'm on a roll so far. Excellent. So I feel that I must be asked more questions. Excellent. That's fine. I like like that uh, mentality, and I think you're going to get this one, but hopefully not right away. So my wickety-wickety-whack, I'm pulling a Wikipedia article. I'm going to read sentences from the Wikipedia article, though I might adjust the wording slightly. Uh, to try to make sure Michael doesn't get the article right away. So here's your first sentence. As of December 2002, the volcano is classified as active with a low risk of eruption. The last recorded eruption started on December 16th, 1707, and ended about January 1st, 1708. Multiple sentences there, obviously, but... It's very easy to just pull a random sentence out of Wikipedia. That doesn't make any sense. It's no longer active as of 2002. So it's a volcano. It's still classified as active with a low risk of Vesuvius. Vesuvius is incorrect. Fuck. Next sentence. The first ascent by a foreigner was by Sir Rutherfield Alcock in September 1868 from the foot of the mountain to the top in eight hours and... Wait. Yeah. In eight hours and three hours... For the descent. Oh, that's why. Three hours for the descent. I just can't read. Alcock's brief narrative in the capital of the tycoon was the first widely dissemination descript, disseminated description of the mountain in the West. Mount Fuji. Correct. Well, got it for you. Capital when you said in the West. Yeah. I was going to go with Mount Etna, but you said in the West. So therefore, I was like, oh, it's, it's Fuji. So Fuji in 2009 got its own airport. That was part of my third sentence. It's, all, it's still like 50 miles away from the mountain. It's kind of neat that it basically has its own airport now. That's great. That's yeah. wonderful. Or at least Other volcanoes can come and visit. <laughs> so it's finally not so can, lonely. That that sleepover, well, that's, you know, volcano that's the thing. sleepover they've been planning for eons, they can finally at least do a small one. And of course, it'd be, you know, they don't want to fly through Tokyo, Kyoto or all that because yeah, then you have to travel. And even with, a, with the thing, they're just so big, it's hard to fit in that bullet train. So this is better. I think this is nice. They always have to do the emergency uh, door, so they have extra legroom. Yep. They're big. And it's just, those Japanese trains can get packed if it's even the commuter ones. Well, I think, I'd like to think that a visiting volcano would be treated as an honored guest and probably get its own, like, van or car at the very least. Yeah, you don't want to piss it off. Yeah. I heard they get, they get, uh, they have a They could blow up. Yeah, (laughs) they could really blow up. Oh, Lord, that was horrible. Mike, congratulations on your victory. Right, so what do I win, Max? Michael, you and the baggage of mankind, the sins of all that we have brought onto ourselves. Congratulations. I will totally guilt trip everyone for this. (laughs) That's a positive outlook for it. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, I highly suggest, and I'm sure Max would too, that you like us on Facebook, you follow us on Twitter, if you want to share it with your friends, please, please do. If you have any other uh, comments or questions, don't be afraid to get in contact with us. We also have a uh, UFAQ 
at gmail.com. UFAQ podcast at gmail.com is where you can email us as well as commenting on our Facebook page or tweeting us at, uh, at UFAQ podcast. If you have an idea for a theme or some subject you want us to look into for a special thing, please let us know and we definitely would love to check it out. Yeah, themes, questions, or uh, comments. We'll accept all of them. I'd also like to thank Joaquim Karud for the use of uh, his music for our intro and our outro. He makes free copyright music. You can find him on SoundCloud or YouTube. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got a Facebook and a Twitter too. Really cool, really cool tunes. Check them out. So Max, what did you learn today? Mike, I learned, well, actually I learned a lot of things. I really liked, as a whole, your questions. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, they really tickled my fancy this time. Um, Where did the word word come from? Like, that's really clever. Okay, that's just a clever one. Um, No, you say that to all the boys. (laughs) I still think I deserve three points, but that's fine. Um, The when did potatoes come to Ireland? It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like i liked all your questions but yeah, actually you know and then maybe uh, i don't i also got to hone in on some of my uh roman history and now that i know bread and circus really comes from what was it Juve, ju- uh, juvenile 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 excuse yes. me not juvenile juvenile uh probably comes from the same origin though uh and i also liked the actual use of it in that context was these people are distracted they're not paying attention I like that. It is it is all show, which it definitely was. What about you, Mike? What did you learn this week? I, the bolus. The bolus. That's, um, that's what's nagging you? Well, the, the, I just find that really great. It was a wonderful question, and there's a name for the word of the food once it's, like, chewed up in your mouth and going down the esophagus. Mm-hmm. Like, someone decided to say, you know what? That needs its own word. I can't. It can't just be chewed up food. No, no, no. Too many syllables. I must. It must be bolus. <laughs> Which I I appreciate that person's drive for efficiency. I think it's a good word too, bolus. Yeah, it sounds great. We'll have to use it use like that. Scrabble. You're nothing but a bunch of bolus, sir. Boli? No, it'd be. You it'd be, are nothing but a bunch of. You are the bolus of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish to swallow you into the stomach that. of my soul and let you nourish me for ages. Okay, now it's romantic. Though it sounded, it started very threatening. The, the, t- <laughs> the tone of it it was very threatening. You're the bonus of my heart. Yeah, usually at that point she gets up and walks away, and I have to pay the check. It's that's, weird. That's fair. So with that, I'm Michael Odkowski. I'm Max Odkowski. And as always, stay curious. With that, I'm Michael Hutkowski. I'm Michael Hutkowski. <laughs> I'm Michael Hutkowski. No, okay, we're gonna cut. To what the fuck did you? No, I want to lose that in. Did you? Why? That Max had that had that Max had that play after the music as as the book. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm Michael Hutkowski. <laughs> my life's a lie. Oh. Okay. Like, like like our like our what our father said today at dinner, he said Mac, which is an often a frequent occurrence for us where our parents combine our names. Yes. And I just like to think you'd have Dragon Ball Z where they fuse together, the kids fuse together. 
Goten and Trunks. Where the Mac or Mix. They make a new person. But I like to think that, like, if we did the fusion dance, we would fuse into Mac. Or Mix. What about Mac? Mac X. Mac X. Mixel. C-H-E. We get the X. We replace the I with an A. Okay. Mitch X. We we pronounce the C-H now, too. With... (laughs) (laughs) Michael Hatkowski. <laughs> no, I farted. That's the problem. Oh. 